All right, then. Let's get started. I'll just do a quick intro, and then I'll ask okay. you to introduce yourself, and then we'll get into it. Okay. Um, hi, everyone, and welcome back to the second episode of For Goodness Bakes. Um, today's topic is toxic masculinity, and that's what I will be talking about with our special guest, Luke, who is here with me now. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. My name is Luke. I am South African, and I am also a student at Waterford. Okay, so a disclaimer before we even start. Like Luke said, we're both high school students. We're not professionals or experts. It's just a conversation that we're having. Okay, so the first question yeah. I have is, how would you define masculinity? Um, that's an interesting question. Um, I think obviously it's different for everybody. Like everyone's entitled to define their own masculinity because it's, it's defining your own identity. Um, I think for me, masculinity is a balance of like compassion and kindness and like being protecting and caring for other people um but i also think like the kind of stereotypical toughness and resilience has a has a place as long as it's not it doesn't like overshadow that like other qualities right so yeah you kind of already touched on the next questions but what other aspects of the traditional view of masculinity would be considered toxic? Um, well, I suppose it's like, it's the general things, like it's aggression and um, power and like a sense of entitlement would just be the general thing. But I was, I was actually thinking about it. Like, do you think aggression has its place as an emotion? Wow, okay. Um, <laughs> I think... Yes, it does. I think it's a normal emotion that a lot of people have. Like, it's obviously normally tied in with anger. Yeah. But I think the reason it's, the reason people put it with masculinity is because, in general, boys are not taught how to deal with any other emotion than anger. Yeah. And when it comes to anger, they're told to show it through aggression. So, like, when you see boys fighting, it's, it's not necessarily encouraged, but you hear the boys will be boys. Oh, like boys fight and stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah. So um, another question is, how has the idea of masculinity changed over time? Like personally or just generally? Um, I think in many respects, it's kind of, I think it's kind of stayed the same. Like, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know, I'm not his, a historian, but like the, that kind of macho, machoism is still like really present today. And it, it really depends on like the society, I guess, like it'll be different in different places. But I think the general consensus is still like toughness and being aggressive and stuff like that. I think in part it's changing. But that's kind of the generally, what's generally accepted. Right. Um, so we had put questions out and someone had said they don't believe that mas toxic masculinity is a real thing. 
um, they say obviously there's going to be outliers, but they don't think that anything remotely masculine is necessarily bad. Hmm. That's, I'm not sure about that. Like, because a lot of people, like I was watching um, Joe Rogan's podcast and he was talking about how he just doesn't believe in toxic masculinity as well. And I guess like a lot of people think like only individual men, but I think toxic masculinity is referring to the culture that's formed around it. It's not just like one or two people, like whether, like, even if you're not going out and being like, you know, a sex offender or anything like that, it's like, you can still contribute to um, like toxic masculinity. Yeah. I understand that. So how do you come to terms with your own toxic toxicity and misogyny? Um, I think, I think a large part is like, I have to thank my female friends because they, they've taught me a lot and then they call me out when I'm doing like misogynistic things or things that are bordering on misogyny. Um, I think it, you can't come to terms with it if you're not conscious of it. So like you're just inherently misogynistic. It's like, you're not going to challenge your own beliefs. Unfortunately, other people have to do that. I'm not sure. I think, yeah. And how how did your female friend call you out? Well, they were just like, I I know a lady once, like in in Form 1, she asked me, um, I think it was like Form 1 or Form 2, and she was like, why do people make jokes about uh, rape? And like me being young and foolish I was like oh it's just because we're young and we don't understand it um and like she didn't say anything at the time but a few years later she told she told me about it and I remembered it anyway and I realized actually like how messed up it is and I think like it takes it'll take a while for people to become aware of it like people go through a process of change that might be days or months or years um and like I, don't, I think you have to be constantly reminded of it and also you and Naledi are like comfortable with each other and comfortable talking about these types of things yeah exactly I, th- I think there's like an agreement that it's okay to talk about these kinds of issues and it's not like a heated debate all the time right that makes sense but another another thing is internalized misogyny is not only something that's seen in like boys or men it's also very often seen in, th- in women as well so, so I feel then, like that's something you can't ignore sorry yeah so then how like what happens with women then like how do you challenge that I think there's a general view of like the pick me woman who is the type of woman to shame someone else for not doing typically female roles so if you don't enjoy cooking or cleaning or you spend a lot of time out of the house there's the general there's the woman who society is able to pick me woman and that's just an example of a woman with a lot of internalized misogyny but I think with me personally I see it when uh, it was mostly when I was younger but it's the idea that a woman is doing something for a man or to gain attention from a man like just that 
when I think back on it, that's what I think of as internalized misogyny. Yeah. It's it's kind of scary that like women can also like be misogynistic. It's like it doesn't like just because you're a woman, it doesn't imply that you know you're a feminist, which is yeah. But also like within people that call themselves feminists, you see this so many times, like you see it everywhere. So it's not like something that's going to be taken down in a day because it's like so deeply ingrained in us. Yeah, no, definitely. It's like it's it's an integral part of your like beliefs, which is makes it so hard to, I think, challenge. Yeah. And that's why it's a topic of so much debate, because it's something we've all grown up with. All our parents are growing up, grew up with it as well. Yeah. So on that note. A lot of people are curious to know how the conversations about this topic go amongst groups of men. So like in group chats or just like in general conversations, how would you talk about this with your male friends? Um, you know, I think it's like, I've, I've brought it up just with my male friends. Like I've just said straight out of the blue. It's like, it's, it's weird because it doesn't really happen organically. Like you won't be talking. And then suddenly you start talking about like toxic masculinity. It kind of needs to be brought up because it's so, I think it's quite uncommon for a group of guys to talk about these kinds of things. Um, obviously generalizing, um, but like, for example, my, my brother's friends talk about these kinds of things, but it's not like, it's like in the in the face of GBV or when things are like climaxing, it's not, it doesn't just happen naturally if you get what I mean. And I think that happens, at least I know with my friends as well. We bring it up in like moments of anger, like when something has happened. So I think it could be like something happens personally and then we just start thinking about like toxic masculinity and gender-based violence in general and how it's affected our lives, how we live our lives. Yeah, I I think because... Oh, sorry, sorry. Continue. Sorry, it starts like a... A big debate with the other people in our lives or like our male friends when we start talking about it with them but they don't know where it's coming from it's like spontaneous almost okay the next question um the girls talked about this in the last episode towards the end um how do you feel about the phrase men is tr- men are trash sure this is this is a tough question because it's so controversial um i've just tried to ask what the intention is behind it and like from both women and LGBT, like the LGBTQ community, it's just reflecting like frustration from what I understand, like frustration towards men and stuff. Um, and I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, if we, if it's like, a, I feel like we put too much emphasis on a hashtag. Um, I think it definitely has its place but if it's only starting debates that aren't leading to any kind of solution, then maybe it's time to maybe give the whole social utilizing social media as like a method for change. So like, I always think that if we are to have these discussions, they should be in places where people usually interact in large groups and usually groups of men. So it's like schools or sports teams or you know anything really right I agree that 
the social media aspect of it has become a problem because people have forgotten what it actually means. And then we end up arguing about like the superficial meaning about it. Like, oh, you're calling men trash because you got hurt in the past when that's really not what it is. Mm. And I, th- I think like we sometimes get that life, does- life doesn't happen like on Twitter or Instagram. Um, and like we, we people try and dissuade people's opinions or try to explain things through text and that's just not you're not going anywhere because it's just it's like talking to a brick wall so i think it's time to like reevaluate using social media primarily i still think it's a great tool though yeah i agree but a lot a lot is lost in translation when you're not in person and yeah exactly and um oh sorry yeah oh no sorry you can continue Oh, no, I was just saying, like, it's also only when everything's through text and it's usually a very sensitive or controversial issue, it's usually you perceive the tone as angry or upset. And, you know, you don't even know how the person is trying to explain it. So that the fact that you don't have a person's tone of voice also plays a huge role. Yeah. Definitely. So we've already talked about this a little bit, but um, do you think that there is a link between toxic masculinity and the way boys are raised compared to girls and gender-based violence? Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I don't even think that's a matter of debate, really. Um, because, like, some people might argue that it's it's the individual but if you create like a culture where these things don't go unchallenged then it's just going to keep getting worse um and like especially when it's not just like holding men accountable but also just teaching boys basic things like consent is just not thought about enough like people don't get to the root of the issue also, I think it ties back into like what we were saying about aggression and how that's the only emotion that's encouraged in boys. Yeah, and and that just it like manifests itself. But I think it also starts from such an early age because like lately I've been seeing a lot of reports and news articles about young boys like from the age of like eleven and twelve being part of groups that like raped women or are responsible for the murder of like younger girls like nine-year-old girls i think Yo, yeah yeah for example i think it was in south africa um an 11 year old boy was accused of raping his six-year-old cousin sheesh yo yeah that's that's really scary to think it's like people like kids as young as that but and i think i was telling my mother about this yesterday mm. and we were talking about how how much work it's going to take to be able to like actually get people in, actively involved in talking about to- toxic masculinity and gender-based violence and how long it would take to actually be able to like make a difference. Yeah. I mean, like here in South Africa when, when Cyril was giving his talk about lockdown and whatever, and he mentioned during towards the end of his speech he mentioned gender-based violence and he was saying like all these things about giving money to organizations and that's great but 
I, we need to teach these things to kids from like the time they can understand these kinds of concepts. Like um, one of the IB2s is telling me that in, in Canada, they teach um, boys or just everyone actually from like the age of four about consent in a way that they can understand it. So they'll be like, um, whenever you want to borrow someone, your friend's like toy or something, you always ask. And then as they get older, that like idea of consent develops and then it becomes more complex. Right, I agree. And no one really knows how to teach consent. Like, I mean, we had the consent workshops at our orientation, but like starting from a younger age, no one really knows how to do that. I, I just don't, I think no one's thinking about it. I think people can figure it out fairly quickly. I think we have the capabilities but i like the idea of teaching it in like other ways that are simpler to understand like asking for someone's pencil or asking for a hug before we actually just go for it um okay another another issue that's been brought up by someone is that why the question directly is why are they conformist as in why don't hold your male friends accountable for their actions I think it's like it it ties back to that idea of toxic masculinity and you will be seen if you have like a toxic group of male friends you'll be seen as weak or like you know a a pussy if I'm you know quoting guys Um, (laughs) and like that's just really bad because then like if there's one guy who tries to call it out that's just not enough because the rest of the friends don't even care like that's how how problematic it is okay i had never even thought of that actually of which part the the fact that if it's just one guy nothing can it has to be like a collective effort yeah because it's like they guys are when it comes to these things a lot of guys are just cowards like if i'm being frank (laughs) because because you don't want to see be seen as like the 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 weakling in the group or the guy who actually cares like that's how bad it is and like i know for myself i've even struggled to call out my male friends because it's not easy like you have to be the you dampen everybody's spirits when guys are talking like a objectifying women or whatever i don't know if you've done it before or if you're planning on it but how would you try and make your female friends more comfortable in like awkward situations uh what kinds of situations do you mean like catcalling or yeah catcalling for example uh that's actually I wanted to ask you about that because that's happened before with my female friends um and I've just like their response I remember the ones their response was like why didn't you like Luke why didn't you call out those guys but obviously like they were just really upset in the moment because I couldn't have they were like 30 40 year olds and that would have just been a really bad idea but like how do you how do you make your female friends feel more comfortable when stuff like that happens i 
I think it's very difficult, especially since we're all like teenagers. Mm. Um, and most of the time it's like grown men calling us. But I know my mom, for example, like she literally, she, she pinches people. Like if someone tries to cat call me, she'll go up to them and pinch them and like, which is ridiculous, but she can do that because she's older. Yeah. Um, with my friends, I think it's just, there's nothing you can do to stop the man from doing it, but it's just to let them know that they have people around them. So just like ensuring that they know that you are there for them in that moment, like moving closer to them so they feel a bit safer or walking in a different direction with them or something like that. Yeah. But I don't expect my 17-year-old friends to talk to 40-year-old men. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, like, the, just b- being around your female friends is, like, the most you can do, I think. Emotionally, it's such a complex thing. And, like, I know women just feel it on such a, like, deep level that it's hard to really say anything that'll help much yeah but also on that i think after you're away from that situation i think it's important to let them rant about it or just to let them get their emotions out when they want yeah i i I tend to just kind of sit quietly and listen because yeah like yeah you can't really say anything vital i think that's something else that's very important to sit quietly and listen because it's not easier it's not easy for you to relate to it so it's better you just let them talk about it yeah okay um the next question i think we've already talked about this a bit but how should we hold each other accountable as in just as friends as like a stranger how would you go about holding someone else accountable um well, I, I, I'm not sure for strangers because, like, you never know what a stranger is capable of. Um, mm-hmm. But for my friends, like, for your friends, especially if you're that one guy, like, as we were talking about, you need to be brave enough to call your friends out. Um, and you need to be brave enough to be the one, if you're the only one, to be the one to start these kinds of conversations. Um, right. And not do it in a way, hopefully, that'll aggravate your friend because, you know, guys can also just get very angry very quickly. Um, and I think for, for for family members, I think, like, I, I, I know in my family, like, the uncles or the dads or whoever will call out, you know, their sons or or nephews or whatever. Like, that's just kind of a general thing. Um, but you, like, you can't let those kinds of things go unchallenged or go, you know, go quietly. But also another thing, this is like a personal issue I have, is when girls in the communities try to start the conversation, it's met with a lot of anger and just like defense from the boy side. But when something big, either nationally or globally happens, you see like a clear shift in the, the, position of the boys yeah what, what what do you mean by a shift in position like um okay I'll give the example of I think towards the beginning of quarantine um there was a whole debate between 
just girls at our school and boys at our school about toxic masculinity and how that is seen on campus and stuff. Yeah. And it was clear that the boys were on the defensive side and they were like, no, this doesn't happen. It's not true. But when something big globally happened, they all were very different. They addressed it very differently. Yeah. Oh, so like they don't, they don't address it on a personal level, but as soon as it becomes like this huge issue, it's. Yeah, exactly. I think like in my own instances, I've like, if you're doing that, you also need to recognize your own faults. Like it's it's great if suddenly you're supporting women and you stopped your toxic behavior. But you also need to recognize that not long ago you had your own behaviors, like you had your own toxic behaviors yourself. Um, I don't know. It's a complex issue. I agree. And I think that's what I've told my male friends is because I saw that they had a complete shift and they were all like, oh, um, men need to do better. And I was like, what about you personally? Because mm. you are the same. Yeah, because it's easy to call out. It's easier to call out other people, especially from afar. But it's hard to look at your own faults as well. And it also goes with like your friends, like you've already said. But um, a lot of people, more recently, have been calling out like actions of international people. But like their own friends have been known to do the same things. Yeah, and they wouldn't. Yeah, and they wouldn't say anything. Yeah, that's that's where the yeah. challenge lies. But I get like what you said. It's hard to be the only one in the group saying anything. Mm. But but that's why I say like having when it's you call someone out, it's totally out of the blue. So amongst a group of guys where these conversations never happen, if you you know the rest of your friends will look at you. You're like, bro, what are you doing? Like, relax. It's not that big of a deal. But if you have conversations of about it and it becomes a norm within your friend group then it it's not seen like as such a bad thing and how would we make it a norm because like even for girls and for guys it's more of a once in the one once in a boomerang type of conversation it's not an everyday thing yeah um that's a definitely a challenging uh, answer that, that, that's why I mean that's why I always say like we need to have these conversations in school but just generally towards things that groups of boys and groups of men gravit- gravitate towards too so I, I always think like you see have you ever watched um, Coach Carter I think so yes and like you see all these sports movies and there's always like some life lesson and right we, we're always thinking of like we need to te- do better and teach our boys better but like we have all the like situations we have all the scenarios to do that but we don't um, and we have like so many opportunities to teach boys these kinds of things we're just not looking in plain sight we have all the means to do it but just like on a legal side of things we don't see like rapists or sexual offenders going to jail for the things that they do or not like they don't go to jail for long enough and like my dad was telling me that in New Zealand 
there was this mass shooter and they just like completely dehumanized him by making sure that he was in prison and nobody knew his name, nobody knew his face and he was there forever. And that's what we need to do with these kinds of people because they're just absolute menaces to society. But remember their faces or they don't get up or they released from prison. Yeah. Okay, I think we're coming to an end. Is there anything you want to add? Um, not really. Um, <laughs> how do you think, uh, like, we should, like, groups of boys or groups of men should should start talking about these things or just try and change or address the issue any way we can? Um... Oh, good question. Uh, I think it's it goes down to just believing what the peop- the women in your life are telling you. Um, I've been put in a lot of awkward situations because someone didn't believe what I said the first time I said it. So listen to the women in your lives and go off what they're saying. So if, some, if a girl talks about her personal experience, maybe talk about it with your friends, with, maybe without like exposing her secrets, but just talk about it in general with your friends and see what they think about it. Okay, I have one last question for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, we talked about the phrase, not like men are trash, but how do you feel about the phrase, kill all men? Hmm. Uh, you know, I was having this conversation with, with Massimo, actually, and like he said the same, like it's intended for the same, like for the same purpose, that it's expressing anger but if i don't know if the response from men is hey why are you trying to kill us then something's not working i I don't know i don't really i don't really take offense from these things i just try and understand them what what do you think it's like what is its purpose because i i want to know more um okay i personally i'm one of the more radical ones of my friends so I I think it's maybe not necessarily completely effective but it is starting a conversation and to me it's meant as a joke Um, but it does address something that's really important like it does talk about how at the hands of cisgendered men cisgendered straight men a lot of people end up dead and if a cisgendered straight man is taking offense to the phrase kill all men then we need to talk about how men are actually killing everyone else so i personally i think that's what it means like that's what it means that's what it means to me but i don't know the origins of it or anything that that makes a lot of sense i think the uh, more than the hashtag like men are trash meaning something it's meant to spark a debate um because as you say like it's not going to be done simply by like out of the blue unfortunately it needs to be done when men's egos are offended or something but i mean it's working it is but it's not working at the rate i would think it would like yeah it's not if if someone doesn't have for example if we're not having this conversation they wouldn't know what it means to someone else. Like if they didn't ask about it, they wouldn't know what kill all men means. 
and then it's just lost on them. So I guess mm. it's kind of in the middle end. Yeah, it is. It's it's so it's like so complex because it's like you have this thing that's supposed to express frustration, but to one group, all it looks like is you're coming at me individually. So it's yeah, I don't know. But I think, like, we've all learned to take everything on social media with a grain of salt. There's always. Yeah, definitely. Okay, thank you so much, Leek, for coming and for doing this. And I think that is where we're going to end it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Goodbye. See you in the next episode.